This episode is brought to you by Live PD. Live PD is a great show that you can watch. It's very similar to Cops. Um, you can watch it and you see people get arrested. You see people get killed. You see people run from the cops. It's really fun. But a side effect that Live PD has that's really cool is that you start to have dreams about killing your friends that you just hung out with. Um, and that's just super sick. So go check out Live PD and watch it before you fall asleep if you want to have a dope dream. Um, obviously, last night, I fucking... Dude, I've been having the most fucked up dreams lately, and I don't know why. I had a dream... This this episode's not about dreams. This is just a quick little rant because I don't have friends that want to hear me talk about this shit. Um, and they'll probably not be my friends when I tell them. But I had a dream the other night where... I was fighting a guy and my weapon was a laptop and his weapon was a fucking pistol. So he won. Um, but I got shot in the back of the head and I like, I like beat the fuck out of him with my laptop though. So I put up a good fight, but he shot me in the back of the head and then I had to beg this random person to take me to the hospital and I woke up and my head was sweating. So when I felt my head, I thought it was blood, and then I thought it was real, and then it was like a fucking double mind fuck that I got while I was sleeping. It was it was one of those times where like you think it's real in your in your dream, and you wake up so you feel like oh thank God it's not real. Then you feel your head and you think it's blood, and then you're like oh my fucking god, and then you don't even know what's you don't even know what's real anymore. I don't even know. Ever since I've been having these dreams, I don't know what's real. Um, I've also been sleeping with this fucking. I don't know where it is. It's like this like eye mask thing. It goes over your eyes. I don't know why I had to do that to show you what it was. Um, but it goes over your eyes and it's supposed to like make it so it's really dark. So you can't fucking, I don't know, if you don't like waking up to light uh, and you don't like sleeping with lights on, even if it's the tiniest light. I like to sleep in deep fucking dark black lighting and I don't like to see anything. And uh, I figured I'd get this eye mask thing. And it's for people that, like, can't figure out how to fucking sleep right. So my eyes kind of, like, stay open when I'm sleeping. So I guess they could get dust in your eyes. So I don't know. It, there's supposed to be a lot of benefits. But regardless of the benefits, since I've been sleeping with this fucking eye mask, I'm dreaming the most fucked shit ever. And, man, there's been so... And it's only when I sleep with the eye mask, now that I think about it, like... I've used it like five times and I've had five fucked up dreams. Last night, I went out with some of my friends and we went out to eat and I dreamt of fucking brutally murdering two of them. I probably shouldn't say this other podcast, but that's fucked up, man. And in my dream, I killed them in their sleep and I used a fucking like machine gun and killed them. And then I went to my parents and I was crying and I was like, I'm so fucking sorry. And they were like, what did you do? And I was like, I killed my friends. I'm going to jail. And then and my, in, in the dream, my dad was like, well, you know what? I, I, I know a few guys. I'm sure we could figure it out. So, <laughs> but like I, dude, it was fucked. You don't want to kill your friends in your dreams, right? I feel like fucked up for, like, I feel wrong for having that dream, but I can't control it, you know? Um, anyways, I hope you, you're, you don't think I'm fucked up now, but today's episode is going to be kind of a quickie. Uh, I feel like shit. And a while ago I got my, 
tonsils removed. And when I listen to the old podcasts, you can tell I'm like nasally as fuck. And I hate the sound of that. I feel like I sound nasally right now. But back then when I had the tonsils, it was even worse. Um, now I feel like shit. So it's going to be like probably 30 minute episode. I asked you guys a deep question. Um, and I said, I don't even know what the fucking question was. Oh, I said, what was the lowest point in your life? And how did you overcome it? I'm trying to look for some motivational stories here. Um, I don't read these fully before I read them online, like on this podcast, because I try to get a genuine reaction. But from like skimming through them, they seem pretty fucked. And there's long ones, there's uh, audio versions. So we're going to start out with one of the audio versions. We're just jumping right into it. I don't really have a lot I wanted to talk about today. Um, other than my fucked up dreams, if you know any, if if you know about dreams, okay, let me know why I'm fucking like. Is it literally because I watched live PD before? Is that is is it as easy as that, or is there some like? Give me. I need someone that like thinks they know fucking everything to message me on Instagram, DM me on Instagram, and tell me why I'm having these fucked up dreams. And is there a connection between wearing an eye mask and having bad fucking dreams? You know. Um, another reason why I feel like I'm feeling sick is because in Chicago, every fucking other day, one day it's 65 and sunny, and then it, today it was a huge snowstorm, and it's like eight inches of snow. And tomorrow it's gonna be sunny and nice, and it's so fucking bipolar fuckland is what they should call. Chicago. It shouldn't be called the Windy City. It should be called Bipolar Fuckland. Because I'm so I'm so fucking sick of it. Okay. Anyways, here's one of the first audio messages. Eventually, I want to do all audio messages. You guys know this. So here it goes. This is one of the lowest points this person has ever been in, and I hope they explain why they overcame it or how they overcome it. That my chest felt. Okay, well, that's not the fucking ending, so, or that's not the beginning. The, uh, the lowest point of my life was when I moved to a new state to be with this girl that I didn't really know very well. And two weeks into the move, uh, I learned that she had a pretty intense health problem that was like way worse than what we expected. And the doctors had to do this whole big thing, like she was gonna have to move to a different facility in a different state two weeks in to when I moved there. And so I just remember laying on the couch in this neighborhood that I didn't know anybody in this whole state that I didn't know anybody else besides this sick girl. And uh, I was laying on my couch from like nine until maybe five o'clock in the morning from nine o'clock at night till 5 a.m. I was crying so hard that my chest felt like dust. Like there was just hollow. <laughs> it was just by the end of it, it was like I was just fucking heaving nothing. And uh, I was going to kill myself, believe it or not. And uh, I called like my therapist. I called my ex-girlfriend's mom. I called my mom. Uh, I was thinking about just taking myself out because the world just seemed so goddamn bleak. Uh, Jesus Christ. And I got out of it for the most part. I mean, the quick version is just by hanging in there and reaching out, specifically reaching out. Uh, I didn't kill myself that night because I talked to, you know, some people in my life that, that I don't know, picked up the phone. And sometimes you're afraid to 
call because you don't think people will pick up or you don't think people will care. But the three people I called that night really cared. And I know that there were about 10 more people I could have called that would have cared too. So that's my two cents on that. If you want to get out of something, sometimes it's okay to ask for help. Okay, and then there's my rock song that comes out at the end. Um, dude, that was like a perfect fucking strum right at the end of the sad part. But you know what? That's really fucking deep. Um, and I can relate to this because I think I kind of explained this story before. But recently when I was in Vegas, you know, I was super fucking sad. I was just didn't know what to fucking do. And I was in Vegas, like a beautiful city, but instead of going out, I wanted to just sit in my room and be crawled up in a ball and fucking sob. And I did the same thing. I called people. I called fucking my brothers. I called Maria, which is one of my close friends. I called my mom. I called one of my friends, Carter. Shout out to you guys. Like the people that are fucking there for you, they gave a fuck. And even though like I have friends that this is like, cause he, when the person that gave me this audio clip said that you're afraid that they're not going to answer. That's definitely true. You know, sometimes I don't call because I'm afraid that the person's not going to answer and then that's going to make me feel shittier or I just genuinely don't think that they are going to give a fuck, which is all one-sided assumptions. You know, I can sit here and be like, oh, they're not going to care, but they probably really would. The thing that I think about is my relationship with this person maybe isn't deep enough to bring this shit up to. Like they're gonna be they're gonna be thrown a fucking curveball. And normally I have a lot of fun with this person, and we don't really talk about deep shit like this. You know, um, that is what would scare me. I would feel like I was so limited to the people that I could reach out to in a serious way. Cause I'm a fucking fun, silly fucking guy. And I like to have fun. A lot of my friends, we just have fun, you know? There's not a lot of people that I could genuinely go to when I'm fucking sad or need help. And even my friend Carter is one of those people that I've had the fucking biggest laughs with this person. And I don't really go to him for like deep shit. But when I was feeling fucked up, going to him and having those laughs was like equally as fucking uplifting for me and changed my mindset and like helped me smile and helped me fucking cheer up a little bit. So even though you might think like this person, I've never talked to him about this deep shit before, they're not going to care or they're going to be like stunned. That's fine too, you know, still give that person a call because even if you guys just have a fun relationship or a fucking light relationship, bringing it to a deeper level is only going to help, you know? So that was a fucking sad, but good start. Um, Let's play this next one. All right. So I moved from just outside Chicago all the way down to Murfreesboro, Tennessee to go to college down here and to live with my best friend. She sounds heated. We've been friends for 15 years since the first grade. And we were so excited moving together. Uh, We just got some, you know, shitty student apartment. And um, we were super excited because we've always, you know, dreamed of moving in together. Shouldn't have done it. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> I we I quickly realized I should not have done this because we don't have the same living styles. I hold myself to a cleaner standard than I than than definitely. Then this bitch is what she's trying to say. I started getting angry because nobody was cleaning their dishes. I was doing everybody's work, and then all of a sudden she started getting real snappy with me. And you know I can take shit from other people, but when it's coming from your best friend, that it cuts a little deeper. And it was getting to the point where I was just getting 
short text messages and nasty glares and short answers and just rude responses and it started taking a toll especially if you're living in that environment and it's already a crappy environment you're living in uh, and then that on top of it and being a I'm gonna make a quick prediction she fucking beats she kills her in her sleep <laughs> from your family and your friends so it was just pretty much me and her um it quickly became to the point where I'd be sitting in my room 10 feet away from her and I would be like, it sounds kind of lame, but almost scared to breathe. You know, like I, I just was holding my breath because I just didn't want her to walk by. I didn't want her to talk to me because I was just so anxious. I went and I honestly, I went and s spoke to therapists. I went to doctors. My doctor was in the middle of prescribing me anxiety medication just because I was just so nervous. And of course, this was in finals week. It just, it was all mounting up pretty quick um how i overcame it is i was so nervous to say something to her because i would always get the short answers all that but i decided that you know if somebody is going to treat me like that they don't deserve to be my friend so i sat her down and i was like i told her what the fuck was up and you know she she did apologize but it's it's not the same i laid everything on the table we talked for probably two hours and we just laid everything on the table, and uh, it wasn't the same. It's not gonna be the same it. though. We are okay right now, but you know, some some shit just doesn't doesn't uh, go back to the way it was. Uh, love the podcast, Angelo. Uh, full in support of it, and I'm excited to see your episode and what, what's to come. All right, well, thank you for that. That was a very sweet ending there. Um, I think that, dude. This is what I always fucking fear is like moving in with someone and they're not clean or like having a best friend and you move in together and you think it's going to be great and then they fucking heel turn on you, but then you're stuck because of the lease, you know? So like this girl's situation, I think if I were her, I actually didn't get the like, what's the conclusion? Did you fucking move out? Do you still live with her? Do you, I'm, I'm guessing they moved, they separated, but um, yeah, you know, I can't. Like, if I'm going to move in with someone, it's got to be, I need to fucking absolutely love this person. And if I can't spend a week, like, you got to have a trial period first, I feel like. My friend, another shout out to my boy, Carter. Um, I don't know what that noise was that just came out of my mouth. Um, me and Carter fucking stayed in LA for 10 days. And it was the first time we had ever hung out. We fucking, I think it was the first time we ever hung out. We went... It was the first time we ever hung out just us two. We went to LA together for 10 days and we had a fucking ball and I could have gotten very annoyed. I could have gotten pissed off. I could have easily trapped myself and gotten stuck with this fucking kid that I hate, but we grew a good friendship and he was a good guy. There's plenty of friends that I have in real life that I know I would not be able to spend 10 days like straight with. So for this girl, for you to be able to like just sit down and have a conversation with her. You got some balls, like good for you. That's probably the right thing to do. But uh, clearly, if your guy's relationship didn't change, then yeah, you're right. Not worth having her in your life. If she's not willing to change and fucking clean up her shit and stop being a f cunt, um, then, you know, it's her loss. It's not, you fucking did what you could and she decided to fuck the relationship up. So good for you. And uh, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Here's where we start. Now we're going to start getting even deeper, okay? This is these are all the written responses that I get to read out loud with my flawed English. Um 
This one says, well, I don't really have a specific story. I just know that there's often times where I'm like, wow, I really don't think things could get any more worse than this. Or wow, I don't really know how I'm going to make it through this week. Or is it ever going to get better than this? Is my life going to be a constant feeling of anxiety? Fucking retweet, right? I think a lot of us have this shit. Um, Will my life ever go back to normal again? But now I sit here and I'm like, wow, I got through all of those times and I'm here now extremely happy and content with my life. I think the simple fact of knowing that life is going to be really wonderful sometimes and life will be really awful sometimes, knowing that is just relieving because it just proves that time heals everything. Also, I recently came to the realization that nobody is stuck in a situation. If you're unhappy, pick yourself up and move on to a better situation. Sometimes you may feel stuck, but that's just not true. Everyone has full control over their lives. That that ending is so fucking key. This is going to be fucked up for me to kind of talk about this, but I got to this is I'm going to release I'm going to release it. Um I have a few friends, few friends that are females. I always get along with girls better than guys. As you can tell, I'm a little bit more feminine than your average tool guy, right? Um, So I attract myself to women more than men, even in friendships. Um, There was a lot of girls, one in particular, that her boyfriend was abusive and he would fucking, not like extremely abusive, but to me, it's you're either a good guy or a piece of shit. There's no like... Oh, he slapped me once. It's not a big deal. There's none of that. You're either a good guy and you don't do that shit or you do that shit and you're fucking garbage, right? So to her, he was kind of abusive. To me, he was just as abusive as the fucking next guy that does that shit. And he would like push her into the walls. He would choke her. He would like do that thing where he like holds his fist up and like, you know, gives a fucking little get in your face, like threatened thing. Um, And... Just, I would hear her all the time talk about how upset she was, and they would always be fighting, and they would always be like in that weird phase of a relationship where you're not really talking, you're kind of texting, you're not seeing each other, it's just awkward. And she like let it out fucking one day when I was with her. She had never told anybody any of this shit, not the shit that I just said, like even more. She had never told anyone, and she was crying in my arms. And the fucking next week, like is still with them. And I was telling him, I was telling her, you got to fucking like take your shit. She, she felt trapped because they lived together. So I was like, go in the apartment, take your shit while he's not there. Well, like do it while he's at work, move out and then block his number. And she took his shit or she took her shit out, went back home for like a week and a half and then was dating him again. And for me being a friend, that's like trying to give you the best advice and trying to like, I want the best for you, you know? And when you don't even fucking care to listen, but you still want to come to me when there's problems, that's not, that's not a spot where I feel like I could be your friend. You know, you're getting fucking abused by your boyfriend. I'm trying to help you for fucking weeks or months or however long. And then you keep going back to him. But then every time you're upset, you call me. So now you don't really care about me as a friend. You don't really care to like, listen to my advice. I'm just your fucking guy that you come to when your boyfriend isn't there for you. And that's not a comfortable position for me to be in. It's not like I need her to listen to me, but I mean, 
like how repetitive can you fucking be? And I just give up at that point. My, I have like a goal then. When I have a close friend, my goal is like, I want her to be happy without this fucking prick. And when I can't achieve that goal because of things that she's doing, it fucking ruins it. But like this girl in this message said, uh, she's she knows that the relationship's bad and she's choosing to stay with the guy that's being a fucking piece of shit to her. So... It's like bittersweet because I feel bad for her, but at the same time, you fucking are staying at his house. He's beating the shit out of you, doing whatever. You're the one that is staying there. You can get a restraining order. You can block his number. You can leave. So go fucking do it. And if you don't, then don't fucking complain because you brought it on yourself and you're dealing with it. You know, it's shitty to say that. And I'm sure there's some women that are going to get pissed off and like say that I don't know what it's like, but I think that the women that are down to earth that are fucking understanding will a hundred percent agree with me. And a lot of women are fucking independent and will straight up be like, fuck this motherfucker. I'm out, you know, I'm done. And they're not going to put up with that shit. So kudos to all of you guys and girls that uh, walk out of your relationships when it's fucking time to go and don't settle for shit. This next message, the person literally just says, I injected heroin. So that's, I'm guessing that's the lowest point of your life. Doesn't even say how he or she overcame it. So we're going to move on. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's all I'm going to say. This one's pretty deep too. Uh, one of my one of the most lowest and honestly challenging points of my life is being autistic. It's being something that I was born with and has deeply impacted my life. Let's just say that all through my schooling, I always find it hard to fit in and be like everyone else. And geez, man, I really don't want to like, okay. Um, I always find it hard to fit in and be like everyone else. And it was hard, especially being in high school. I have always found it hard with school work as well because I couldn't understand it like everyone else. And that was somewhat challenging as well. Jesus Christ, man. Sorry, this is fucking, this is brutal. Um, but as I've gotten older, I have come to terms with it and accepted it for who I am and know that I'm not alone. And uh, that autism is a lot more common now. I get to admit that there are good and bad days. It helps when you have people by your side. Okay. <sighs> I really don't want to fucking cry, man. Uh, I got to admit that there are good and bad days. It helps when you have people by your side. I have heaps of people who I would call. My friends and family will always be by my side. My final word, autism is not a disease, but it's something that will challenge you for the rest of your life. Um, man, fucking, it's hard for me to even read this and respond uh, because I don't know what it's like and I can't give you a genuine reaction. You know, I haven't been, or a genuine response. I haven't been in the spot that you've been in. But I can tell you without having autism, um, there's times where people like me feel very alone too and feel like you can't fit in. And it's not just you. It's There's a ton of people that have the same fucking problem. You feel alone. You feel like you can't relate. You feel like nobody fucking gets you. Um, and I think that that is a very th I think that's something that will strengthen you as a fucking human being regardless of what you have or what... You know what I mean? I don't even think it's about that. So don't like, don't fucking exclude yourself just because of this thing that you have. You're exactly like everyone else. 
and uh, any problems that you have, anytime you feel upset, anytime that you feel alone or you need to talk to someone, you got my Instagram. Please message me. Feel free to say anything. I'm here for you, buddy. Um, but just know that you're not alone. People feel lonely. People feel like they can't relate. I have the same problem myself sometimes. And uh, yeah, you're not alone. Jeez. Um, okay, the next one. I th This guy like just straight up kind of buries himself. Uh, he says, I think I'm in it and I keep taking drugs and getting drunk and I'm scared of rock bottom. I don't know when it'll happen. It's soon though. We'll see. Like, so I'm going to give him props for being a rational guy. You know, he's addressing a real, like he knows what's going on, but like, that's just a slow fucking suicide, man. Uh, you know that you're fucking up right now. So you, you just got to get out of it. You know, just, stop hanging out with those people that you're doing drugs with. Start doing shit that you would never do, but in a good way. I fucking hate reading books, but if I was in that position, I know that I have to completely do the opposite and I have to get attached. I have to like not get attached, but you have to get accustomed to and like find new hobbies that will take up your time. So start fucking reading books, download Fortnite, uh, do things that are fun that you might not normally do. You might not be a gamer, but you, you got to do that shit because it gets your, like, it takes up a lot of brain space to read books and, like, learn shit and equally was, like, playing games. So, um, you got to fucking, you got to do shit that takes up your time and stop doing drugs that are just numbing your fucking eight hours or taking your normal brain and fucking it up for eight hours. You know, don't do that shit. Um, but you know, you know what you're doing. So this is kind of back to what that girl said. Some people feel like they're stuck, but they're choosing to be in their, like that position. This guy's choosing it. So as much as I tell you, you got to fucking stop, you got to quit all that. You might not really learn until you're fucking overdosing or until you're getting beat the fuck up for like drug money or some shit. So my words can only do so much, you know, I hope you get better though. This person says, I was 16 in my first relationship with some, someone who was mentally and sexually abusive. He took advantage of my depression and anxiety. Dude, I did not think this was going to be sad. Fuck. I mean, I guess like, what did you expect? It's about your lowest point in life, but, um, he took advantage of my depression and anxiety after breaking up with me. I couldn't get away because I didn't have any friends and weren't that weren't his friends too. When I was 17, I hit my all-time low where I really just didn't feel like dealing with anything and wanted to sleep. Me right now, except it's not really like in a sad way. I just want to fucking sleep all day. Um, my school work, social worker had called my parents and told them they thought they should take me to a hospital. After being in the emergency room for several hours because no hospitals had any beds open, I was released back to my parents after my psychiatrist convinced the doctors I would be safe with them and I would get put in an outpatient program. Two days later, I went to Compass, which is, I don't really know what that is, which was basically like going to school, but instead of having classes, we had therapy lessons, therapy sessions, and learned different coping mechanisms and also changed my medication. So after about a month of being in the intensive outpatient program, I was discharged and was able to return to school where I continued, um, I don't know, I don't, fucking lost where I am. Where I continued therapy and had group sessions with other students 
and who had been in the programs. It helped me actually talk about my emotions and not try to drown in them, but being able to acknowledge if I'm feeling sad and why it is to feel that way and let it pass on down the river. Yeah, you know, this is fucking, she went through it like hardcore, um, but people that have been sad, a lot of the times they just, even me, stuffing your fucking emotions down your goddamn throat uh, isn't the healthiest thing to do. And trying to like be the cool guy and like maintain your fucking dope ego that you have and you don't want to cry and you don't want to let it go, uh, That can only, you can only do that for so long. And then you end up balled up in your corner fucking crying and then it's like, yeah, you're still a bitch, man. So everyone's got a little bit of bitch in them. You got to let it out sometimes. And for females especially, she was, she was smart to go into... Um, this outpatient program. And I think, I don't, I don't know why, but I think that would be really hard for me to do because that's like, that's not only addressing the shit that you feel, that's like really like openly addressing it and like going, taking yourself out of your everyday life and then changing your environment just to fix yourself. Like that's someone that really wants to help themselves and is fucking smart and doesn't want to just pull the fucking plug, you know? So good for you. Um, I wish more people would address things like you did. This person says, lowest point being diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. The entire journey was filled with victories and defeats that ultimately led to me winning the battle. I fought for two years and now it's now get to celebrate being a father this year. It's all worth it. Hope you're having a great year, brother. Good for you, man. Fucking round of applause, buddy. Uh, beat colon cancer, and that's fucking huge. Um, should I just throw a quick ad in there? Dude, okay, this is like legitimately awesome, though. Uh, I got a new package from Time Slippers, and I finally got to see these mid-tops, which is in the infamous, or the... F- Does infamous mean like po- like famous? I don't know. In the picture that we always see in the background, the time slipper ad, um, they have the mid-top black pair, and I finally got them in person, and they look just as beautiful as they do in the pictures. You got that nice, soft, Italian genuine leather throughout the whole outside. It's a mid-top, so I feel like these are going to go a little bit better with joggers and sweatpants and like cuffed pairs of shoes or cuffed pairs of pants. Um, because the high tops, you either have to put them over the tongue or under the tongue. They can't really just sit on the top of the shoe, but with these bad boys, you're getting any fucking style you want, especially when it comes to uh, joggers. They got the elastic shoelaces like every other pair. I mean, these are like, when they fucking right come out of the box, I mean, they're like crisp. These are like hard. They soften up over time as you wear them, but I don't know. Maybe the, maybe it's just the mid top pairs that are a little bit more firm. I actually really like that they're firm, but these are the men's mid tops. And then we got the women's high tops, which I've never seen these in person either. These are fucking beautiful in person. Um, I can't wait to give these out. I'm doing a little giveaway soon and it's going to be two women's pairs, two men's pairs. And I'm super excited for that. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I hope you guys get some fucking time slippers in your shoe on your feet. Um, yeah, these are like suede throughout the whole shoe. So the men's high tops are Italian genuine leather. These are like a very, very fucking buttery suede. Um, they just look super cozy. They got the silver eyelets there or like air holes, whatever the fuck you want to call them. They look cute. I definitely would wear these if I was a female. I'd probably wear these even though I'm a male because that's the type of shit that I'm on. 
But timeslippers.com, go get yourself a pair. They retail from $110 to $190, but with the the promo code Kicks and Gigs, K-I-X-N-G-I-G-S, you could get up to 20% off on your first pair. And uh, yeah, you know, they're fucking yoga mat insoles. For all the women out there that haven't gotten a chance to see these because I've only pr- uh, promoted the men's pairs, go to timeslippers.com and check these out. And if you got a little bit extra fucking dough, go buy a pair and tell me how they are because I'd love to hear some feedback on these. Um, all right, now back to my fucking sad stories. Um, hard to describe my lowest point, but learning to have a better perspective on life helped me overcome that. Turning bad things into positivity as much as possible to help have a better state of mind. You know, that's couldn't have said it any better. Um, this is the last one. In high school, I was struggling with bullying and coming out to my parents. I was really depressed and I withdrew myself from sports and started performing poorly in my classes. You know, that's me, except I was just dumb. Um, I, I always performed poorly in my classes. One day I got called down to the counselor's office because a friend of mine was told, told them that I was self-harming and not eating. The school had to call, call my mom and she came to pick me up and take me to, to a behavioral hospital where I was put in a pro- program for a month. It was at this program where I decided I had come out to my parents if I want to fully recover. I came out to my parents and they were accepting and understanding I completed the program and was allowed back in school. I still t- sometimes have urges to relapse, but I've learned how to cope and deal with my stressors and emotions. You know, I don't, I can't relate because I've never came out before, but I can relate because I know what it's like to have something in the back of your head that only you know and that you feel like it's a part of your personality. I know what it's like to have that. Um, even when it comes to like sexual fetishes or like things that I think about, sometimes I think about them all the time and then I'm with my partner and I don't get to express them because maybe I'm nervous that they're going to judge me. Uh, one of, this is kind of a weird connection. It's your version is a lot deeper, but it's going to tie in at the end. Um, my girlfriend told everyone in like eighth grade that I had a foot fetish and I was so embarrassed about it. And that was like something that people knew was a part of my personality. It was a thing that even though it's like more of a uh, temporary personality because it's only like when you're horny, but um, she told everyone this thing about me and I was so, I felt so attacked and like fucked because now everyone was making fun of me. And then as I started becoming more of an openly sexual person, I like flaunt the fucking things that I do that are weird because I think it makes me different and it's fun, you know? So it's, it's a lot different than coming out, but the, the fucking concept is the same of like, you have something in the back of your head that is somewhat a personality trait or something to do with your personality and nobody else knows it. And you feel like trapped because you want people to know these fun things about you and they don't. And, uh, I think it would be very hard to deal with having such a like heavy secret like being gay and other people don't know that. Um, It's just, that would be hard, you know? So letting it out and coming out is the fucking right thing to do. And that probably, just that alone probably lifted a lot of your anxiety and stress. And just being accepted by people like me and millions of other people in the world, um, I think will make you feel a lot more comfortable. So you shouldn't feel that anxiety because you are equally as accepted and there's no fucking difference for a guy like me. At least if I'm in a bar, if I'm in a club, if I'm in wherever the fuck I am, um, 
if a person walks up to me and they're gay, straight, lesbian, trans, whatever they are, they're getting treated the same exact way as a straight person. I don't care to like, that's just not who I am. You know, everyone's accepted here. And I think that's a lot of the people that listen to my podcast. I hope it is. If you're not that way, then you got to fucking read into it and you got to change that shit because we're not, we're not a part of the fucking against sexual preferences movement, you know? So good for you. Happy that you came out. And uh, yeah, plus a big part of this the like a lot of the fen- feminine shit that I do painting my nails and stuff like that. A lot of people like it's it's almost a way of me showing that I accept a lot of different things. Most men are very manly men and they do manly shit. Um, and I like to do feminine shit and really flaunt it because I like to show that I could be a guy and wear girly shit. I can be a guy and do th- like I could do whatever the fuck I want. There's no like rules to each gender or rules to each fucking sexual preference, straight, gay, whatever it is. There's no rules, you know? We all do whatever the fuck we want and we all accept it. So, uh, dude, yeah, that was fucking, that one really got me, really got me good. Um, now is the point where we talk about shoes. The fucking lighting on this show is so good. Um, (laughs) so... Now I just want to talk about a quick few pairs of shoes. I really don't want to do a long shoe bit because this is already longer than I was expecting it to be. But sneaker headlines of the week. We got this picture that is of the... um, It's it's supposedly of the black Yeezy V2s. I don't believe that they're going to look like this, but you can't really see the picture. You kind of can. If you go to sneakernews.com, there's a thing that's called the headlines, April 6th through 12th. Go look that up or just look up Yeezy black V2s. You'll probably see this picture around. It's like from the top down. It's like you see the front halves of the shoes. They look fucking awesome. I got to admit, I talked about this last week. They look killer. I think these are going to do great on the market. I hope they look like this, but I just feel like they're going to be darker. I feel like this is too good to be true. The, The laces almost look like they're waxed or some shit. I don't know. I'm really excited for this, even though V2s haven't been my thing lately. Um... We also got the return of the Bread 4s. These are going to be dope, and I think they're going to be good quality. They're looking like, from what I've heard, I've seen, I know some guys that have early pairs, and they said that they're really buttery suede, so I'm excited to see how they do with these. I know that the Toro 4s, and even like the older Bread 4s, they're always very, very short cut. It's like a new buck. It's not really a suede, and it's just not, I'd like to see them put some, a little bit thicker, shorter or actually longer cut suede on these bread fours. I think it would fucking look unreal. I don't really know what they're doing yet, but I think if you do more suede, less new buck, even though they're very similar, um, I think that's going to be dope. I think that's the move for the bread fours. I do think that these are going to be pretty common. The Concord 11s was another iconic shoe like this that came back. And a lot of people have them. Uh, a lot of people did get them. A lot of people were able to walk into a Foot Locker and grab them. I feel the same way about the Bread 4s. I only see the market being 300 bucks at tops. Um, probably anywhere from 250 to 300 I do have pre-orders on pairs for 290 So if you want them, let me know. But if you don't get them from me, you'll probably be able to get them in the mall. I can't guarantee anything. But yeah. 
Uh, Travis Scott Nike Air Force One lows coming in October. These are, there's only a few pictures of these so far, and they're like on foot. They're like metallic blues on the toe cap. You got a copper and like a brown lace fucking whatever tongue and behind the lace. Um, there's like metallic gold, metallic pink. It looks like very pastel metallic colors. Um, you know, fucking who gives a shit? At the end of the day, I'm kind of over the Travis Scott collabs. The retro ones are super dope and the market's going to be high as fuck on those. And I do have pre-orders on those for $750 to $1,200, depending on your size. But stop fucking making all these. Just stop. Make two. You know, let's keep shit exclusive, guys, please. Um, Then there's a Heroes Among Us pack, which is like... A lot of basketball players, which I don't really fucking know about, but there's like a Dame 5 that's like a Black Panther pair. There's a fucking, there's another, there's James Harden. He's got a pair coming out. I don't know shit about basketball, so I'm kind of just going to breeze over this. You know what? Maybe I'll just show them. Heroes, that would be easier, right? Among Us Pack. And I'll read about them too, obviously. So it's Marvel and Adidas basketball collab. Um, let's see. There's a, I know that Ron Funch has just hit me up and wants the Dame fives. Okay. So I'm going to get him. I'm getting him those, but it says, look for the entire Marvel. Uh, okay. Each is dressed to resign represent, to represent Iron Man, Black, Black Panther, Nick Fury, Captain America, and Captain Marvel. I know who the fuck Nick Fury is. Why don't you have like a Spider-Man? Well, I guess they already did Spider-Man, but and like, and while they're being designed and like representing Marvel characters, I guess it's also based on these basketball players' shoe models. So you kind of get double. I don't fucking know. Here's the shoes. You could see them on the video version of the podcast. I don't really know what these models of the shoes are, so I can't explain them. But look them up. That's all I could really say. I don't fucking... I don't know. I don't think these are going to do good, but maybe the big Avenger heads out there are going to love these. I don't I don't think I don't see that collab doing good. I see them all going for retailer below. Also, there was just a fucking David Bowie Vans collab and those go for like retail too. They're not really they were starting off at like 225, then it was like 200, 175. Now I know some of the low tops you could get for like 100 bucks. So those flopped. But fucking shout out to Dave Bowie. Is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. So that's the shoes of the week. There's also these Fragment Retro 3s, which are so okay, in my opinion. Um, you know, good job. He fucking made a... It looks like a fire red Retro 3 with a little bit of blue instead of red. And that doesn't really do it for me. The Fragment low... I don't really get the Fragments either. I don't understand the hype behind them. I don't understand why they're so expensive. The quality isn't that nice on a Fragment 1 compared to a fucking whatever uh, black toe. I don't know. I just don't get it. Um, yeah, I don't get it. There's also more Alpha Boosts, more Ultra Boosts. They're killing that. And, you know, that's fucking it for the today's shoe thing. This fucking episode was sad. So sorry for doing all that to you guys. I didn't know it was going to be sad, but uh, I think that we could all learn. I wanted to do this because I think a lot of people have things that they think about that are sad or they fucking just bury themselves in uh, this fucking sad bubble, right? 
and I figured if I address some problems that other people are going through and I tell how they got through them, then for the listeners out there, for you guys that are listening that could maybe relate to it, hearing their solution could maybe help you uh, get better for yourself. So that even though it was sad, even though it was fucked up and some parts were very sad, I think that in the conclusion, everyone showed how they got through these hard things. And that alone is a very humbling thing and should give you some fucking hope. If you're going through some shit, listen to this podcast, listen, pay attention to their solutions. And uh, if you ever need anything, you can message me on Instagram and I'm here for you. And uh, that's about it. So everyone take care. Have a nice Sunday. Try to not cry after listening to this sob fucking podcast. Um, Bye, you guys.